Hello and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. Today, I'm joined by Leslie. Hello. And Hunter. Hey. And we're going to go ahead and do our quickfire reviews of Gen Con. So I wasn't there, but these two were, and they got to play a lot of games. So we're just going to jump right in. And pretty much there's going to be 90 seconds for the game, talk about the game, give it a rating, and then we'll move on. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started. Hunter, tell us about Food Chain Magnet. So Food Chain Magnet is a game that we both really love and that we have had for a while. We haven't played it for a while. So this is a game where each person is trying to run their own successful fast food chain. There's a lot with advertising, setting prices. Mostly you're using cards to buy other cards to add to like a big stack of cards that you each then get to figure out which characters you want to play and all the characters have special abilities. And then they also unlock milestones, which give you like kind of unique player powers. So you don't start in a unique position, but you quickly grow to each be unique as you buy those upgrades. I hadn't played it in a while, but I really love this game. And we only played about a third of a game. And I got to say, I really want to play it again. And this is an absolute buy it for me. I love this game. I own it. I'm glad Hunter bought it for me for my birthday. It would say, though, it's a $100 game. So if you really love crunchy, crunchy euros, just straight out buy it. But if you're not sure, it's fair to play it because it's pretty pricey. But I do love that game, and I'm hoping we get to play it again soon, too. Yeah. Awesome. Alrighty, Now let's jump into one of the first pictures that you gave me at the con, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. So everybody plays as a Power Ranger. I get to play as the pink Power Ranger. Dream come true. Mm-hmm. And you turn over some cards. Bad guys come out. You fight the bad guys in different areas of town. What I thought was really cool about this game is um, you flip over a card and it tells you how many bad guys come out. And the back of the next card tells you what area those cards, the cards. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was a really neat mechanic. Granted, it was pretty cool to be taught by the designer of the game. Everything went really smoothly. Although he did say afterwards he was nervous that some card was going to flip over and it would be printed wrong. (laughs) And we'd be like, oh, who designed this game? But he was really great. The game was really entertaining. It was really awesome to see the different unique abilities of each Power Ranger come into play. The Black Power Ranger in particular, like wiped out five bad guys all in one turn by himself. And my character had some different combo cards that worked really well together that I was fun to put together. I would say this is a buy it. I'm going to say play it. And I also will add that I really liked that your cards were your life and also your abilities. So as you took damage, you also reduced the cards that you had and they had like different amounts of shields on them. So, so sometimes you could put the card back into your deck if the damage wasn't over the shields of the cards. That was kind of neat. Cool. Alrighty. Mythtopia. All right. Mythotopia. This is a area control game uh, by Martin Wallace. Martin Wallace makes a lot of games and I've almost played none of them. And some people swear by him as a designer. Mm -hmm. This game looks ugly. (laughs) It was interesting, though, because all the territories that you get on the board each have a card that goes into your deck because it's kind of a deck building game as well as area control. And they also have technologies that give you unique strategies that you can put into your deck. And there are objective cards out that like kind of determine where you can go on the board or what you can build in order to get points. I would say this is a play it. It was really fun. And if someone was like, let's play Mythotopia, I'd be like, I'm 100% on board with that. I'm not sure if it has enough about it to make me want to buy it. 
but I definitely would play it again. Alrighty, well, that's Mythotopia. Next, let's jump in for Set a Watch. Ah, yeah, we both played Set a Watch. Set a Watch is a pretty unique game where uh, each person is playing as a hero, and up to four player game, we played with four people. Each person has to take a turn setting a watch twice. So one person has to go back to camp and like coax the fire mm-hmm. and cut firewood and stuff and, and manage camp while everybody else is out fighting bad guys. You fight bad guys, yeah, that was pretty simple. Just, you know, I have attack, bad guys have hit points. You basically roll dice and you have those dice you, to allocate to your abilities and to dealing damage to the hit points of the monsters. So that was pretty cool. It was a very unique game. I really liked the box. Mm-hmm. It was small. It was very easy to travel with. You could toss it in your backpack or your purse and take it with you and play. And there was a lot of variety for different types of characters. I think this is a play it for me. But I will say that the two other people we played with, one bought the game and one attempted to buy the game. But it was, as the theme goes for Gen Con, sold out. (laughs) I would also say play it. I think there are some other games that are in the same sort of category that I like better. But for somebody that wants a lighter version of those games, like playing that game just made me want to play the Lord of the Rings card game. But it was a good game. And if you want something lighter and to play with more casual players, I think it's a very good pickup. Cool. Alrighty. Now, how about a rail pass? I'll do this one because <laughs> I read the rules to it and it was so toot, toot. <laughs> it was a six player game and it is a logic slash dexterity game. Uh-huh. Okay. Real time. You have different train stations and different obstacles on the board between the stations, and you can only hold one train in each hand, and you have to load cubes from each train station onto the actual physical train, and then you have to pass it to other players, and then that player can like pass it through other obstacles to other players. And you're basically trying to get all these cubes, like all the cubes of one color to one train station, and then do the same at all the other train stations. And there are six train stations. Yeah. I think... And when you pass the train, you're supposed to say toot toot or choo choo. Yeah. There was also an element where you had to have engineers of a certain color on the train. And any engineer could only be one space away from where it started by color. I thought Or they quit. Or they quit and you lose (laughs) that train and that guy. I thought that was the extra mechanism that broke the camel's back for me. It was very hard to understand. And in real time, it got crazy. And... I would personally give it a skip it. I thought there was just like one, again, one too many elements and it was a real time game that was kind of confusing to explain and to like fully grasp, like the way you're allowed to handle the trains and pass the trains to other people and stuff. I I mean, it might work for some players and it got very good press. There's like a lot of people that are into it, but I didn't see it. It was certainly entertaining for the 10 minutes we played. Yeah. I don't love dexterity games. I absolutely dropped a train and lost us 10 points for however much Yeah, if you drop a train, then it's removed from play because it crashed. Uh. Plus, all of the cubes that were on it are negative points. Plus, the conductor that was on it was more negative points. I don't love dexterity games, but I do love logic games, so I really wanted to like this game, and I didn't. So, I'm going to skip it. All righty. Next, let's go ahead and jump to Terror Below. All right, this is one of the games that I played to finish out the night. It is what some were saying, Tremors the board game. I would say it was basically like Wasteland Express Delivery Service Lite. You each have 
some character cards give you special abilities and you can only have one active at a time because it's like the captain of your crew and you're driving your vehicle around trying to pick up these eggs and so basically you play movement cards that give you a a way to move one of the bad guy pieces on the board Mm -hmm. and then also to determine how many movement points you have and then you have to clear rubble away with movement and you have to pick up eggs with movement which ends your movement and you can do some various other things like play weapon cards to attack things or play item cards to mess with people. There's a little bit of take that. It also felt like I would rather just play Wasteland Express Delivery Service. And the presentation was pretty nice. It did look like Tremors, the board game. It mm-hmm. apparently has a deluxe like expansion or something like that makes upgrades mm-hmm. to components. I'm not sure why, because like the components seemed really nice. Yeah. So that sounded unnecessary, and I would, I want to burn it. It was oh, terrible. Wow. I couldn't stand it. It was like everything was just in my way, and the the way that the uh, like enemies attacked seemed more or less random. Like mm-hmm. you you were moving them around when you played cards, but where they ended up, and then like I, if I wanted to attack you with one of them, I'd have to like have a specific set of moves to to use on the monster oh, in my okay. hand, and you only have three cards. Okay. So like the chances of having it just didn't seem very likely. And yeah, I, oh, we actually didn't finish. We, I was just like, I think like we've got a good idea of this, right? And my other friend Scott was also like, yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> There's always one game. Yep. Yeah. All righty. Now, how about Quirky Circuits? Oh, I played that one. I demoed that game. It is a cooperative programming game. So... You get a little book with lots of different little puzzles, and each page is a different scenario, and with each page you use a different robot, and the game comes with, I think, three or four different robots, including a bee, but we didn't get to play with the bee. It's probably more complex. We played with a cat on a motorized vacuum cleaner which we're not supposed to call a Roomba but was totally a Roomba yeah so and each person has cards with directions on them Mm -hmm. and you put them down face down but the top of the card will tell you if it's a multiple direction card or a back and forth card Mm -hmm. and so everybody puts their cards down without speaking and then you flip them over and see if you were able to successfully pick up your dust bunnies and get back to the thing we did pick up all of our dust bunnies, but we failed to get back to the battery before the battery ran out. So <laughs> we lost because I put the wrong direction on the last card, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, um, it's sort of hard to read left and right when you're okay. sitting on the wrong side of the board. Yep. So that became a problem for me. But the game was really fun, super cute. The little cat was adorable. And if they had had this game still in stock, it sold out. Uh, I probably would have bought it. Alrighty. Next, let's go ahead and jump to Crusader Kings. Oh boy. This is going to be hard to talk about in 90 seconds, but I'm going to do my best. I actually, they had signups for the demos at the booth. So I signed up for a demo, showed up for the demo. This game is a very long game. So it's like a three hour game that's based off the video game, mm-hmm. Crusader Kings. You're each playing as a different noble family. And you are trying to, by the end of the game, basically have the strongest noble family. And the way your noble family is kind of represented is you have a board with your lineage on it that have characters on it that you can assign to various activities. But that's a kind of a minor element of the game. The real way you track your lineage is you have a bag. So it's a bag building game in some ways. So of course you liked it. I did. (laughs) So you put in positive and negative traits, but some of the negative traits 
are also good at some things. So mm-hmm. cruel, for instance, you're good at fighting if you have cruel. So yep. you're, when you do an action, you have to draw a chip from the bag. If it's a success, then the action succeeds. You can pay money to get extra pulls mm-hmm. from the bag. Just a quick story. So there are also events on all of the action cards that affect yep. other players that do things to the game. So this guy, Scott, he played a card that gave me a child mm-hmm. for my lineage, but it was a demon-possessed child. And nice. if the demon-possessed child ever becomes king, it removes all your positive pious traits out of your bag permanently from your family. Yeah. And my king then immediately went on a hunting expedition, and I made a chit pull, and he died, and the possessed guy became king, thus cementing my house as a not pious house. And we then then uh, later I bought it, and we played a full game of it. It was about four hours, maybe. Yeah, three and a half. So obviously I had to buy it. It was... Kind of an old school dudes on a map game, but it was really fun. Yep. It was a little clunky, but worth it. Cool. Alrighty. How about Spirit of the Wild? So Spirit of the Wild is a two-player, very light game where you have little constellations that you're trying to fill out with little candy-like pieces. <laughs> and you randomly are pulling these pieces out of a bag and putting them in a bowl Um and you have certain actions that are based on cards. It's mm-hmm. really simple. It was really cute. And randomly, the end of the game is triggered when the fifth clear piece of candy, not candy, plastic, but the fifth yeah. piece of plastic is pulled out of the bag. So the game ends often kind of abruptly mm-hmm. <laughs> and unexpectedly and could could potentially end really early. I enjoyed it. I would play it again. I don't know that I would buy it because we have a lot of two-player games. And I think if I was going to pick a two-player game to play with Hunter, it probably would not be that. All right. Next, let's go ahead and jump into Undaunted Normandy. Oh, all right. So this is, I'm pretty sure this also sold out. Uh, it They, only they had, were selling 18 copies yeah, a day. 18 copies per day. I got the 15th copy on the second day of the fourth moon. Of, <laughs> if you look to the east, you'll see me there. It's a World War II, one versus one, Germany versus America. There's a map. You have little pieces you're moving on it, but the thing that lets you move the pieces and do all the actions is actually a deck, and it's a deck building game. So you're Mm -hmm. actually adding new cards to that deck, which let you activate your guys more often. They also determine the health of your guys. When someone damages one of your guys, you have to remove one of their cards from either your hand, your discard pile, or your deck. And if you have no more cards to remove, that figure is removed from the game. Mm-hmm. So it's a very cool, like little almost area control game for two players that played really quickly. And I'm not regretting this one. I look forward to finding one of my friends that likes World War II and playing it more. And I'm going to buy it. All righty. How about Holmes, Sherlock and Mycroft? Ah, yes. Another two player game. Holmes, Sherlock and Mycroft is a very small two person worker placement game. The actions are on cards so the first three are predetermined and everything else is randomized based on the shuffle of the deck so each card comes out and the card comes out by day you play over seven rounds you get three turns per round ultimately it's a set collection game you're trying to collect clues of a certain number i was very very entertained and would have potentially bought that one i think it feels a good 
function. I like worker placement games in general. It was a little bit more thinky than the other two player game. So I did enjoy it. We got interrupted playing it like 18 times because <laughs> the people I knew kept coming by and talking to me. So, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And each person, one person is technically Sherlock and the other is Mycroft and you flip the card back and forth and you okay. get to use that. And when you have that card, you can use the ability. And once you use it, it goes back to the other person. So where you get to like store a card for later. Mm-hmm which is uh, helpful. So yeah, it was pretty entertaining. Cool. Alrighty. How about Horrified? So Horrified is a cooperative sort of pandemic style game where you are fighting against classic movie monsters. So you can fight the creature from the Black Lagoon. I always want to say Blue Lagoon. Um, <laughs> you can fight Dracula. You can fight the Invisible Man, the Wolf Man, Frankenstein and his bride. There's a few other things. And each villain has two victory conditions that you have to meet to kill it. So, for example, for Dracula, you have to find all of his coffins. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're visible on the board, so you don't have to go find them. But you have to get to them and smash them Mm -hmm. in order. And then once you've done that, then you have to have a certain number of yellow items, uh, six points worth of yellow items, and Mm -hmm. be on the same place as him to destroy him. Okay. And each villain is like that. You have two victory conditions that you have to meet to get it. The basic difficulty, the beginner difficulty, is two villains, so we played it on that. The first time we played, it felt pretty simple, and so we played it with three, which was Dracula, the creature, and the Invisible Man, and we were annihilated. (laughs) It was much more difficult. It was also much later in the day, so maybe it was that too, but I really enjoyed the game. I had the opportunity to buy it. I believe that also sold out at Gen Con. I did have the opportunity to buy it and didn't, so I guess it's more of a play it for me although after the fact i could think of a few people that might really enjoy that game who really Mm -hmm. like horror movies that maybe i could have bought it for them they actually did get the license the what dark universe universal license Uh, so i will say that i listened to another podcast today that talked about horrified and that they also really enjoyed it but they also said that the difficulty ramping is very strange Mm -hmm. between the number of players and the number of monsters if you have less players, you need more monsters to make it more difficult. Got it. I don't know how that works, but I can see it because you'll lose if this deck of monster mm-hmm. actions runs out. And that deck, I think, stays the same no matter how many players you have. So I think that there's some weird mm-hmm. thing there. With, oh, I don't know. Because our yeah. friend set up the game. We had cards that had effects from monsters that weren't in play. Okay. Yeah. So because each card has multiple effects on it from different mm-hmm. monsters. I would mm-hmm. give it a play it. Yeah. I think I'd just rather play Pandemic. It is a $35 game, however, so that's yeah. a really sweet price point. True. Um, so if you like cooperative games, it's it's a good one. All right. And Hunter, welcome to. All right. Well, this is the first time Leslie got to play Welcome oh, to. Oh, too. Yeah. Both of you. I awesome. have uh, had it for a little while. I kickstarted it. I actually pulled it out at uh, the Washington game day at Port City. It's great because it plays basically as many players as you can have pencils and pens and pads mm-hmm. for. And it's basically a flip and write. So there are three stacks of cards. Each one has a symbol on the back and a number on the front. And you flip the cards over to the front so that you have three numbers showing and then next to that three symbols showing. And then you're just writing them into your neighborhood and trying to build the neighborhood that's going to score the most points by drawing in uh, fences and swimming pools and parks. And basically the numbers have to go in ascending order. They can never get mixed up. And it's just a nice little like uh, kind of a almost like a logic puzzle, I guess, where you're trying to keep these numbers you know, in a mm-hmm. certain order and have space to spare. 
I obviously bought it, and I I think of all of those like roll and write type games, this is the one that I would go with. So I'm I'm still a buy it. Cool, Leslie. I gotta say, there's so many roll and write games that came out this year. Every other booth had a roll and write game. Yep. This one was good though, um, and it was the first time I got to play it. I would like to play it again. I don't have to buy it because my husband already did, so I would play it again. <laughs> all right, play it from Leslie. Cool, Vindication. Oh gosh. <laughs> I will try my best to explain this. Yeah, good luck. Right. The theme is interesting. You're basically like... are wretched. Wretched people that were thrown overboard by your crew and you're all on this island. It almost feels like a purgatory, I guess. But it's weird because none of that really comes into the game, but the game is really fun mechanically to play. So basically you have a certain pool of influence and that influence is going to go on to character allies that you get that will do things for you, which give you special abilities. And they'll also go on to the board to like increase your traits in various things and you can spend points from specific traits in order to do certain types of actions and there's also on the board in the middle there's kind of an area control thing where you move around and you can take ownership of buildings and when other people use the buildings you get points and you uh, use those buildings also to like increase your pool and you're trying to become vindicated Mm -hmm. and it was pretty fun I would say it's a play it for me. I definitely want to try it again. If someone mm-hmm. again pulled this out, I would absolutely jump on the opportunity to play it. Maybe not to explain it. Though. Alrighty. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would like to play this one again. The art was really pretty, yeah. which is always nice. The components were really nice. I think it was a Kickstarter, so there was a lot of like stretch goal yep. kind of things in the box that we didn't even get to play with. This was the game that we played for two hours in the hot games room. Uh, okay. And we definitely wouldn't have had the opportunity to play something like this probably, or even experience two hours of it in the dealer hall. So that was pretty cool. I might change my vote after playing it again, but I would say play it at this point. Alrighty. How about medium? Ah, uh, yeah. So I did buy that. So <laughs> medium. <laughs> It's a party game. Um, if you listen to the other podcast, it's a party game where each person has a, a hand of six cards. Each card has an, a word on it, and you and the person to your left play a card, and those two cards give you an idea. So you have to find the medium between the two words. So one example that came up was somebody played hero and somebody played angel. This was not on my turn because I definitely would have said fanatic and nobody else would have gotten it. (laughs) Um, Then if you guess the same word, Mm -hmm. awesome. You both pull a token from the first guess pool Mm -hmm. and move on to the the person on your left will play with the person on their left and so on around the board. Mm -hmm. If you do not guess on the first try, then you try again with your two new words and you can't use any of the original words in your next guess. And you finally, after that, get a third try with the third set of words. I bought it. I regret nothing. It was a $20 party game and I don't really like party games and I still bought it and don't regret it. So that says a lot, I think. Um, It was really entertaining, led to a lot of really entertaining moments. And those moments where you do say the same word at the same exact time are pretty um, exciting. Precious and exciting, I think, because it doesn't happen very often, Mm -hmm. even when you're playing with your spouse. (laughs) So I would say play it or if you really like party games buy it or if you don't have enough party games in your life buy it mm-hmm. i actually heard from one of my other favorite podcasts drive through review this was his favorite game of this gen con really yep all right interesting 
How about Sierra West? So I demoed this. I did not play a full game, but I got a very good understanding of how it works. This is a game about kind of Wild West expansion, and each it's a kind of traditional Euro game of everyone, you know, each playing for themselves, trying to score the most points or fulfill objectives. I will say it's interesting that the game has like four different modules that you add on to the game. So you pick one of the four modules for each time you play, mm-hmm. and that's like a way of flavoring the game. It had a very interesting way of kind of programming out all your actions for the turn. So you still had some control after you kind of programmed it out, but it kind of helped you narrow down what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting mechanism. I'd say it was most like Lagranja. Okay. If anyone's played that, it, they're kind of multi-use cards, but you're really using the cards to do the same thing, but it's where you place them that determines what things on the card you use. Mm-hmm. I would say play it Mm -hmm. or skip it if you need more theme in your life because i kind of feel like if i didn't already have orleans and concordia and all these other really great euro games i would have probably said buy it okay cool so that would be a play it from hunter how about fairy season ah fairy season is a trick-taking game for i don't know how many people it plays anyway it's a trick-taking game where you are playing as goblins trying to capture fairies to make them into something tasty uh, <laughs> you play through seasons the seasons are essentially your suits for the deck spring summer fall winter in order first time we played it we got a lot of rules wrong because we thought the game was more simple than it was. And then once we corrected those rules, which was, for example, once you start in spring, you cannot skip a season Hmm. and stuff like that. It makes the game a little bit more challenging and a little less easy to just kind of dominate because you can just play, you know, go immediately to from spring to winter and kind of win the game. Mm -hmm. Um, The game also has these goblin cards that throw wrenches into things. I will say I did buy this game. The primary reason I bought the game was because I really liked the art and because the gameplay was not card drafting. <laughs> because a lot Fair of enough. the fairy games seem to be card drafting. That's true. And it, it kind of fills the same niche a little bit as Custom Heroes, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly as long. It's a pretty short 10-minute, 15-minute game. All right. Mm, I, w- I have to give it a skip it. You're mm-hmm. never going to play that game again? I'm not a huge fan of trick-taking, and I think I like Custom Heroes a lot. And if I'm going to do it, I'd just rather set aside the time to play Custom Heroes. Mm -hmm. So I will say the art is really pretty. And if you ever are like, we have some people over that like playing trick-taking games, we're going to play this game, I I would not complain. Okay. I would go, okay, I'll play this. But I would probably be like looking at my watch, wondering when the next game is going to (laughs) happen. You can't hear the look I'm giving him right no. now. Nope. It's making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> she knows where he sleeps. That's true. And let's go ahead and finish things off with Abomination. Ooh. So Abominations by Plaid Hat. And it is a worker placement game where you are all playing. I think he had a really great uh, explanation for the story and everything. Uh, it was like 20 years after the story of the novel where you are all scientists trying to make frankenstein like not necessarily a bride but like uh someone else to kind of carry his legacy mm-hmm. and uh to be a partner for him a friend yeah, a friend yes <laughs> um but it's very very gruesome all okay. the art is super gruesome 
there's a worker placement space where you can murder people so you can get their remains. And there's other spaces where you can go to like dig up corpses in the cemetery and wherever you get your parts from determines how fresh they are. And the fresher they are, the more victory points they're worth. And you are trying to animate all of the parts of the body in order to try to win the game and score the most points. And you're trying to do so before 12 rounds is up because at 12 rounds, the uh, detective that's trying to find Frankenstein finds Frankenstein and kills him. And you're, efforts are for not it looks really complicated when you're just looking at it from afar but i think when i sat down and actually played it mm-hmm. and heard the explanation i got most of the pieces except for a couple fiddly bits pretty quickly and there were some like thematic story cards that changed every round up a little bit and also you had a cool little board where you tracked like with these dials your stats and where you put the body parts that you had scavenged mm-hmm which was pretty cool to look look down at. And so I would say, play, buy it. Buy but it. But it sold out. But it was also sold out. Okay, so uh, better or worse than get me a fresh brain. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the same ballpark. Uh, but what it should have been. <laughs> I did have that thought while he was describing it. Yes, what it should have been. Yep. Every action actually did something instead of just wasting your time. All right. Well, with that, I think that that's uh, just about all the games that you guys got to play at Gen Con this year, the new ones at least. And so hope that everyone enjoyed this little look at all of these really cool new games and the first impressions that we had of them. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks.